I spent a ton of time in this church praying and just focusing on the light coming into these windows. And I loved, I loved to see the symbol of the cross going, God, you're here. Even though your people are scattered. Like how many people felt scattered a little bit over the last, what, 10 weeks? We were streaming online for 10 weeks. We felt scattered. But I think God, I think God worked in that also, right? I think he showed me personally what's important. He said, loving him and loving one another. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to have dinner in each other's homes. Like, I'm ready just to hang out and celebrate what he's doing. So we started a new series this morning called See the Light. And I thought it was a little bit appropriate that during a time of what felt like darkness and confusion, that there is a light, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I, like I'll say seven days ago, my biggest concern was how do, how do I keep the kids captivated? So I, I you know, during this time, because I knew it was going to be our families in here. So I thought about wearing a, wearing a, you know, a Barney outfit, and that's not appropriate. Uh, so I, the, the compromise I decided was to keep it short. So it's going to probably be half, and I know pastors always promise that, and it always goes twice as long. So we'll see. So turn with me to James 1, 2. It's about focusing on the light. You know, with our attitudes, our hearts, like the, here's the whole sharing clan back there. Steve's got a smile. <laughs> they've got a new little one. Sorry to draw attention to you guys. They've got a, Steve's got a new little one on his lap. Focus on the light, right? Let me read our passage. James 1, 2 through 8, and then 12. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. But this last part, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed are the one. Blessed are those of us who persevere under trial. Like, and it's not the short game. This isn't a mini sprint. You know, you've heard Paul talk about it before. This is a marathon. And it's talking about our entire life. Blessed are the ones who persevere. Like, I will say, if you're like me, every single person in this room had multiple personal trials during the last 10 weeks, right? Every single one of us, like I think our, our minds are stretched, our hearts are stretched, our emotions, our thoughts. Like there were some days I felt like, all right, I've got this. Like, like we can make it. Like even though I feel alone, I know that we're praying for one another. I just got off the phone with somebody, you know, encouraged, or I, or I bumped into somebody at Safeway that I'd been missing. And then the next day, what, what happens? 
like your head is rattling around with frustration or stress or defeat or in your heart or something did not go well. And I'd say put that on repeat for ten, for 10 weeks. At least that was that way for me. And I, I think the reason why when trials hit, the test is perseverance. Because trial, trials are a guarantee. Right? It's, it's how we choose to look at them in, in our hearts. And I think God allows us sometimes to fold to the point where we get on our knees and we say, I need you. Like, I need you. Like, your word and your way and your love is the only way I'm getting through this. Blessed are those who persevere under trials. James, when he wrote this, the brother of Jesus, I thought it was cool. James was writing to a scattered church, a scattered people. Like, these people were not able to gather at that time. And he was writing to them and saying, you have been scattered or you are scattered. His main point in writing this was say, hey, check your attitude. Check your heart. Like we have a hope. We have a hope in Christ. And there is assistance for us if we want it. If you call on Him. How many people called on God a little bit during these last 10 days? Or a lot of it? <laughs> and there's still some that are. I mean, I, I constantly think how blessed and protected we are in this community. Maybe not our economy in the short term. There's so many that, that have been impacted and hurt. Even living on their savings accounts, living on credit cards. Like, I just, I want to share that with you. There are people right here in our community that, um, and I'm, I'm finding that Alaskans are, are, are a lot like Texans. Alaskans don't like to ask for help. Alaskans are like, no, nope, I'll get through this and I'll, I'll pull my bootstraps up and I'm going to do this. That's what makes the last frontier fun. Or not fun, but you know you're going to get through it. And so what I've learned about our community over the last 10 weeks is there are people that are, they're in very real need and, and, and just know they're going to get through it somehow, some way, but don't want to ask for help. Um, and I thought, well, this reminds me of good old Texas. <laughs> but then I saw our church unite with many of the churches around the city and organizations to be there and love on hundreds of people in need. Through phone conversation, through delivering groceries, through um, $8,500 in financial assistance that was given by our community, right? That'll be over $10,000 given back to our church, because, back to the community because of the generosity of, of all the organizations together. Right? And st I told Steve and Shelley I wouldn't brag on them anymore, but thank you guys for what you guys did. Um, I would love for y'all to give Steve and Shelley a round of applause. For, I know, Steve, Steve hates it. We, I'll share with you guys. A dream and a prayer of mine was answered in these last 10 weeks. I have always dreamed for some sort of 711 system where people in the community that were hurting, it was non-emergency, right? Like if it's an emergency, call 911. But for non-emergencies, I've always dreamed that people in the community could dial a number and talk to someone who cared. And sure enough, like I've written that, that dream down in my journal and it just says 711 every time I think of it.
for years, maybe for 20 years. And sure enough, during this time in our own city in Kodiak, the city called, they called Dave Marks first. And Dave Marks called, I think he called Dan Rohr first, because <laughs> Dan's awesome and he knows how to figure stuff out. And Dan was busy with his own, you know, trying to keep his own uh, businesses together. So he called us next, our church. And he said, you guys are about getting stuff done. He said, can you help figure this out? How to, how to make a way for people to be able to call and ask for help and us be available. And I talk about standing there and going, holy cow. Talk about a lifelong prayer just revealing itself right before my eyes. And I said, absolutely. And I don't tell people this much, but I'll share it with you guys. I've actually helped several pastors in ministry go on television. It's actually a, a, a negative mark on my, on my report card because television ministry is, well, I won't say it, but you guys know. <laughs> it's, it's just an animal that I don't recommend for anybody. But God used all of that experience for setting up call centers, for connecting with people remotely, for figuring out what we need to do to be able to connect our church, Stephen Shelley, and the rest of us who volunteered, as many churches across the island. Go ahead. Well, I, come on. Thank you, Steve. But in the rest of our island, thank you. But the point is, is I saw a prayer answered. And I'm emotional about it, number one, because it's weird being in front of you guys again and loving it. But number two is, I believe, blessed are those who persevere under many trials. God hears your prayers. He knows what's in your heart. And He's going to answer that prayer if He hasn't already. He wants to use us. Matter of fact, it's plan A. His plan A is to use Jesus Christ through you and me. That's plan A. There is no plan B, by the way. <laughs> like, I love that. Blessed are those who persevere under trial. And I still see it. If you talk about attitude, I still, still see the potential for our church to say, you know what, I'm here. Like, use me. So I think I shared this story with you guys. Um, Blake and I drove to Michigan. It's graduation weekend. We'll be honoring Abraham Fields in the next service. He's graduating Kodiak High School. And then we'll be honoring uh, Gareth Jones and Cindy Jones next week. They've got big graduation celebration happening today. They probably have all graduation hangovers this morning, so they're not here. Um, but Cindy's graduating with her master's. And Gareth's graduating with high school degrees, so we'll honor them next week. And Hunter's going to help with that. He's been investing both of those young men. Proud of you, Hunter, for that. Thank you. And, but it reminded me, talking about persevering through trials, it reminded me of the story I've already shared with you. When Blake and I got in the Suzu Rodeo and drove to Michigan to see my brother, to see him graduate, and we were surprising him with, a, with gifting our family car, you know, that was paid for, a Suzu Rodeo for his graduation. And Blake and I did this awesome road trip. We were excited. It was kind of like our man trip. 
and um, we get close. And in Chicago, and I, I think I shared this before, and the, and the clutch starts going out. In 5 o'clock traffic on a Friday night, and graduation is that Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So, so I'm sitting in the middle of this trial again. And it's, it's eating at my heart, and it's kind of getting into my gut, and it's, the sun's going down, and there's no mechanics available. And of course, mechanics are like, bro, like it's beer 30 now. Like, I'm getting off of work. Like, good luck. See you on Monday, you know. And I'm thinking, there's no way I can wait till Monday. And so I, I made this deal with God, which is what we all do, right, when we're in the middle of the trial. God, like, I'll, do the, I'll give you my whole life. No, it was like, just get us to Michigan, and I, I promise I will praise you all the way there. And even if you don't, I will still praise you all the way there. And it was basically, he was saying, Larry, you can make this fun with your son and enjoy your time all the way there in the midst of your clutch slowly going out and, and maybe ruining your plan. Or you can just trust me and have a good attitude. So we, got, we made it to Michigan. We made it to see my brother. And I had several moments, right? Like that just wasn't a one-time conversation. That was like 10 times where I reminded myself, you can trust him. You can trust him. It's going to be fine, regardless of what happens. We got there, got to see my brother graduate. I apologized. The car that we gave him had no clutch in it at that point. <laughs> and I said, we will fix that clutch for you. But it worked out. It all worked out. I'm not kidding you guys, even in the last 48 hours when I, when I had to just work through what it meant to be maybe seeking a worship leader for our church, like thinking this is our big opening weekend and our worship is going to change drastically. And Heather says, don't worry, worry, Larry, we got this. This is what the church does. Like we're ready to worship. And I thought, how many times do I have to remind myself of how good God is? Like, how in the middle of the trial do I have to say, he has this. And this is not about the trial. It's not about what the end result's going to look like. It's about what's in my heart. One person who faced huge trials, and I thought it was, it was kind of appropriate. I didn't plan on teaching this this morning, but, but it makes sense now. Noah, during the flood. Genesis 9, 16, and 17, And whenever the rainbow appeared in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant God, covenant between God and every living creature and every kind that is on earth. So God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all living things on earth. The rainbow. What is so cool, and this is actually one of my prayers, and we can talk about it later, but I saw the rainbow appear all over Kodiak. Like, and it reminded me of the Bible story when we were kids. It reminded, like our Christian education team just kind of went big and had fun with that, right? We had rainbow rocks on the, on the church steps, the cross. I don't know how many of you visited. I got to make some rainbow rocks, which was fun. But it was almost seeing the rainbow again in the symbol and the light that God painted it to us. His promise to Noah, his promise to us. God's promises are still true. 
We are called to be a light. Like Noah. We are called to be a light. Like Christ. We are called to be a light, especially when times are dark. Otherwise, there would not be need for a light. Right? We are here to celebrate this morning. I'm so glad to see smiling faces again. Like, I'm so glad to see real people and not imaginary. Like, so you guys don't know how hard it is to talk to a camera for 10 weeks. <laughs> like, like, talking to a camera and going, there's people on the other side of this. Just, just keep telling yourself that. It is so cool to see real people again. We are called to be a light. James 1, 2. Again, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. And he, he continues on. So here's the interesting thing about James. James was the brother of Jesus. James was, was I would imagine, always in the back seat of, well, he's the Messiah, right? Who am I? James didn't even become a Christian until after Christ had been persecuted, put on the cross, died, and rose again. At that moment, as we've been talking about these last several weeks, James knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, holy cow, this guy is real. This guy is who everybody says he is. I am like seeing him in the flesh, in the spirit, after he rose again. I'm seeing the holes in his hands. I'm seeing the, hole, the, nail, the holes in his feet. Like James persevered, I think, through a, through a lifelong, he had to wrestle. Is this guy really God? Like he's my brother and we've had, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if they've ever had fights and of course it was James's fault. It wasn't Jesus' fault. <laughs> But the point is, it's like he, he had to have this daily, like, is God really with us? Is this Jesus guy for real? And he's my brother? It's just a, it's an interesting fact. James decided to follow Christ after Jesus' trial. Blessed are those who persevere under trial. We have joy because we know God is at work. I've told myself this a hundred times, maybe if not more, the last several weeks. God is at work. What's been happening the last several weeks has not surprised him. It has not caught him off guard. It is not out of his control. Like none of it, right? Have you thought about that? Like none of what's happened in the last several weeks is surprising God. Like none of the trials that you faced that I hope that you had a time to just wrestle with yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and go, wow, that's me? And go, but is that who I want to be? Is that, is that me living with Christ in me? God has been with us the entire time and none of this has surprised Him. And I promise you, because His Word says it, He has been with each of us every step of the way. And guess what? He has loved us just the same 10 weeks ago as He does this morning. If we are called to be the light, we are called to be joy, our attitude again, right? No matter what, 
We are called to be truth. The light is truth. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And this last part is probably the key I want you guys to focus in on. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend us. If God is love, and God is pure joy, and He is the light, He is the life. Like I always go back to the scripture, I think I talked about it last week or the week before. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Like there's something about God is saying, guys, like don't, don't miss Him walking on this earth. Don't miss, just like James, when he says, I'm going to the Father and I want to work through you, I have greater things to do through you, he left his spirit. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but it means that we're constantly to call ourselves back to, he has a plan, he has a purpose, and he wants me to count it all joy. So I'll end with this last part. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, having stood the test. That person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who loved him. Those of us who bear the light receive eternal life. And it's like how, you know, it's, it's always the question, like when I return and I submit to God and I say, all right, God, I... Like, I give, you all, I give you all of myself again. Like, use me, let me be a light to my neighbor, to our church, to the community, even in the midst of trial. Like, let us be a light. We can only be the light when we understand how much God loves us. Like, and I, I remember those moments where I thought, does God love me even in this situation? Does God love me even in this situation? And the answer is always yes. Like he's constantly calling us towards him. So you guys stand with me and we'll, we'll pray together. If anyone, and I'll call the worship team back up, if anyone would like personal prayer, I'll be available after service. I don't know if you guys are still carrying a burden or still carrying a fear or a worry or frustration, I don't know what it might be. I'm hoping if you're like me, you're carrying celebration and joy in your hearts this morning. I can only imagine walking through the doors and the sun is shining and we get to smile on each other again. Maybe you're carrying celebration. I'm thankful for that also. So I'm, I'll pray for us now and, and wrap this up. But I'm also available after service to pray with you. Join me in prayer. Father, we love you. God, I'm so thankful for our church. I'm so thankful that you're moving and working even in the midst of these trials over the last 10 weeks. Father, even in the midst of some very real and practical trials for our church to discuss over the next several weeks. God, give us wisdom and discernment. 
Father, I thank you for being with us. I thank you for using us. Father, for those that are still struggling in places like New York, God, in cities all across the U.S., even right here in our own town, I, I thank you for making our church available just to love on one another. Thank you for giving us the grace. Thank you for providing. Thank you for, for, your, for your protection. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.